This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, this morning, I talked to a friend who has just been laid off from her hotel job. And I've been speaking to retired people who are anxious because their portfolios lost thousands of dollars in the last week, at least on paper. And many small and medium-sized businesses, even if they are not shut down, have seen their sales go to near zero. Yesterday, the government unveiled a massive $82 billion stimulus package. And what does it have for you? And how do you access it? We will very shortly have a financial expert to talk about that. We are just having a little problem with his line. But in the meantime, this emergency brings out both the best and the worst in people. And one of the worst things is the appearance of COVID-19 related scams as if we did not have enough to worry about right now. Let me give you the numbers to call if you've seen one of these scams, if you're not sure, perhaps, uh, or if you have questions. We heard a lot about those financial measures, and we are wondering about how to access them. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 866 740 Four seven forty, and right now I would like to bring in Tony Anscombe, who has an interesting title: Chief Security Evangelist at ESET. Tony, thank you so much for being with us. Good afternoon, Libby, and it's uh, great to be here. Okay, well, so uh, what are some of the scams that we have seen related to this? So we've seen a, a number of scams. Um, that are becoming quite prevalent. Uh, for example, emails that look and feel like they're from the World Health Organization or other reputable bodies, uh, which actually aren't. Uh, those are delivering nasty things like malware onto, onto people's machines. Uh, we're seeing fraudulent websites with disinformation or websites that are collecting personal information, offering un- yeah, unique or, or different news. Uh, which I'd always recommend somebody goes to the proper news source. But we're also seeing donations. This is a bit of a heartstring uh, campaign. And we're seeing cyber criminals actually retasking existing infrastructure uh, and using it for for COVID-19 campaigns. So where they were in sextortion and other difficult things like that, or strange things like that, they've actually reworked their campaigns and reusing their infrastructure. So lots of different campaigns running in lots of different ways through emails or websites. 
Yeah, I mean, I, there there have been people who are saying you can get a free mask and then they ask you to pay for delivery. There's no such thing. There there have even been ones, as you say, from the claiming to be from the World Health Organization, telling people they've tested positive or offering them a test kit. So one of the things people have to know is that uh, the tests are only being offered through our medical institutions and there's no charge for them. Absolutely. So, so it's important that we, we all remember our, our core cybersecurity awareness. You know, when you see an email, make sure it's actually, you know, did you subscribe to the email? The World Health Organization is not going to email you randomly. Unless you subscribe to their newsletter, they're not going to email you. Uh, so delete it. And it, you know, check the address it came from. Check that it looks legitimate. And if, if you think not, just delete the, delete the email uh, from the outset. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's, you know, you can always hover over the URL. Don't click it. And if it doesn't match what the place purports to be, then you know that it is not for real. Uh, let's take a call from John in Durham. Hi, John. Hello. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you. I just wanted to make a comment on what I consider to be a, a scam that's going on. The, uh, banks have offered, a a six-month uh, deferral on your mortgages, uh, and yet my particular banks, the TD that I uh, deal with, they've closed about two-thirds of their offices or their locations, and uh, it's impossible to get a hold of them. And yet that's part of the uh, the uh, the offer is to uh, contact them and to uh, make arrangements, but you can't get a hold of them. Um uh, you know what? Uh, I can't answer that because that is legitimate, the offer of a deferral. But I um, hang on and listen, John, because uh, we are going to bring in our financial expert, okay? I understand. Uh, uh, yes, I, I agree. You know, it is legitimate, the offer, but at the same time, the individual banks... <laughs> I'm sure they're available by phone, and uh, we're no, going I, to try... I, I can't get a hold of them. Okay, um, hang on, and we'll try to get you that information, okay? okay I'm letting you go and keep listening, and now I would like to bring in Jamie Gollenbeck, who is the Managing Director, Tax and Estate Planning at CIBC Financial Planning and Advice. Hi, Jamie. Jamie, are you there? Yes, hi, Libby. How hi, are how are you? Good, thanks. Okay, so uh, we would. Uh, we just had a question from a caller about how to access uh, that offer of a six-month mortgage deferral. I mean, he's saying, yes, we heard about it, but we can't get hold of our bank. Yeah, well, this is obviously a serious concern to both our bank and CIBC and all the banks right now. This information, of course, is all in the last uh, day or so. So obviously banks are working on <clears throat> emergency staffing and uh, obviously the best thing to do is if you work with a financial advisor, uh, most financial advisors are accessing their emails and phones. So if you have a contact person that you've regularly been dealing with, I would reach out to them, leave them a message. They will contact you back. Uh, it may take a few days to be able to get back to people because obviously this is an unprecedented situation. Uh, people are working from home. And uh, in many cases, uh, some centers have closed, but we're doing the best we can to keep up with the enormous volume of, of client uh, calls right now. Okay, yeah, so everybody has to, uh, I guess, take a bit of a chill. So that is just one of the measures. There are a bunch of measures for people who have 
been laid off. And some of them, of course, wouldn't even be uh, eligible for employment insurance in the normal course of things because they are contractors. And so there's emergency money for those people, $900 every two weeks for up to 15 weeks. Correct, Jamie? That's right. So there's a lot of uh, changes that were announced, a lot of great information online if if people need to, but that's the big one called the Emergency Care Benefit. Uh, That's going to be available uh, to register in April. So you'll be able to go online uh, in April. You can use the My Account, uh, the CRA My Account, or the My Service Canada account. And if you don't have access to the internet, there's even going to be a toll-free number that you can key in the necessary information. So that's going to be the main, uh, the the ECB, the Emergency Care Benefit, $900 biweekly for up to 15 weeks. So that's administered by the CRA. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take a call from Colleen in Oakville. I think that her question has to do with that. Hi, Colleen. How are you doing? Good morning, Libby. I'm fine. Thank you. Yes, I was calling. I was online this morning, and I couldn't find out much information. My husband is 75, and he drives for Uber, and we need the extra income part-time to make ends meet. I'm not sure where we fall on what program. I know it won't be available till April 1st, but I expect there'll be tons of uh, people online. Colleen, yeah, yeah, I guess you weren't listening to Jamie just now. Yes, I did hear what he said. But do we fall in that emergency uh, for nine hundred every two weeks? Okay, uh, but he's seventy-five, and I guess he you get some kind of pension from the government, right? We get our old age and Canada pension, and we still work. He still works for Uber part time, just so that we can keep. Our bills paid. Okay. So uh, are we in the emergency group? I, that's a that's a very good question, and you know, I heard I've heard from other people who are also uh, working part time in addition to their pensions. Jamie, do you know if they are included in that? Well, I think it really depends on 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 why they're they're quarantined. So it does certainly include not just workers, but those who are self employed. Um, if you're quarantined or sick with COVID-19 and you don't, and you don't qualify for EI, then, then it would work. Um, also, if you're taking care of a family member that is sick with COVID-19, um, so those, those individuals would, would qualify. Even parents uh, with children, uh, certainly, that are prevented home from school closures would qualify for the, for the emergency payment. No, here's, I, I but think. the, the question here is that, um, I mean, Uber is not functioning now. It's not working. So they're laid off. But uh, but the caller's husband is 75, which means he's already collecting a government pension. So would that disqualify him from the emergency money? Do you know? That itself wouldn't wouldn't disqualify you. But I think you have to meet the terms of, of the conditions. And, and the in terms of the condition has to do with, uh, with being uh, quarantined and how they've defined that. Um, uh, what remains to be seen. So if you're self-imposed quarantined, uh, will that be enough to qualify? We'll have to get all these details worked out uh, by April. Okay, well, I, my understanding was that it was for people whose businesses have been shut down. Yeah, well, that's the intention. Certainly for workers that can no longer work because of the quarantine, they should qualify for the emergency care benefit. So um, we'll be able to get more information. Again, this is all 24 hours, uh, 24 hours old. Okay, Colleen, uh, again, um, 
that's the best we can do now. It will be online. And Jamie was saying there will be a toll-free number. It, it's okay. not available till April the 1st. And I don't know. I mean, there might be some restriction because I know that the intention of this emergency fund is for people who have no money coming in. And if you have some money coming in from, from pre-existing benefits, I don't know if that's going to disqualify. And the next time we talk to somebody from the government, we'll try to clear that up. I'm not even sure they've even thought of it. Thanks Thank for, you, Libby. I will. We will just sit tight. Okay, and keep listening because the the information changes every day. It really does. Every minute. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Let's take one from Sam in Toronto. Hi, Sam. Hey, how are you, um, Libby? Yep. I hope you guys are uh, keeping it up today. Thank you for your uh, you know programs. I think I see more of you guys involved than Canadian TV. You know. Okay, good. are totally involved. You know, American media is totally involved. Canadian media is still going into days of our lives and things like that. There is no, I don't see nothing on Canadian TV, you know. Okay, well, keep the radio on. (laughs) What can I I tell you? I hope, I hope you were 24 seven because then people keep, keep uh, up to date, you know, with things. There is nowhere to go. No, my, my thing is, um, my basically, uh, if my voice is crispy, it's because of uh, I don't have corona. No worries. I just have my sinuses really acting up, and I got antibiotic. Okay. But, but What's your what question? Is it, what it is that I'm really confused is that what is the total amount of, just like Trump, that came up with $1 trillion? What is Trudeau's proposal in totality for now? I don't know how much is the money that he's going to spend on this emergency situation. Some people say 50 billion. Some people I hear someone says like 20. Some, what is it? And it's not very clear. What does it cover? Like, for instance, my daughter, uh, she's a student and works part time. She just lost her job. OK. And like the place she works, they close. And, uh, you know, situation like this, I'm, I myself am a self-employed, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, thousands of people like me. So what is Trudeau other than lip service? What is he going to do for like, you know? Okay, I'm going to let Sam, uh, let's let Jamie answer. But the measures are intended to cover people who lose their jobs because of this and also some self-employed. Sam, I'm going to let you go and you listen to Jamie's answer. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Jamie, go ahead. Absolutely. Of course, the situation is evolving every day. Um, yesterday was the main announcement so far in terms of direct relief for Canadian workers and businesses. The dollar amount so far, which is they say is just the first step, is $27 billion. And that's in terms of direct cash support uh, for Canadian workers and businesses. Uh, and again, as we said earlier, the, the main one, of course, will be some temporary income support. That's that $900 biweekly. Uh, for up to 15 weeks, and that's for those who are both uh, employees who are laid off and uh, and self-employed, and that will be the main benefit, and there may be more to come uh, as things evolve. So right now the government has committed uh, about $27 billion of direct support. And uh, interesting that there is an addition, $55 billion that in deferred taxes, and we are going to get more information on that. But there are all kinds of taxes that are being deferred. You now do not have to file your income tax until June, and you don't have to pay until August. I think it's the end of August. Uh, That's right. The banks are deferring mortgage payments. Uh, the city is deferring property taxes 30, 30 days to begin with, but Mayor Tory says they're going to be reviewing that on an ongoing 
basis. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this information keeps coming in. And Tony Anscombe, I'm worried now about, have you seen any scams that purport to be the government and, and having to do with these new measures that could suck people in? Hi, Libby. Hi. Well, not yet, but then uh, seeing that we seeing that most of these uh, programs have only been announced in the last twenty four hours, uh, I would I would expect to start seeing some of those campaigns. And actually, I go back to your your earlier caller with the the uh, you know, the Uber driver husband. You know, so, somebody in that desperate state needs to be really really cautious about what they do click on in their email. When they see something coming in, somebody saying that they can help, they can fill in a form for them or they can represent them or that they are the real, you know, saying that they can get their benefit for them, they need to make sure that they don't click on those emails, don't go through those scams. Or even if they take phone calls, so kind of outside of the cyber realm here, um, in the US we're seeing a number of scams where, uh, people are phoning, phoning those vulnerable people and saying, we've got a relative in our care here. They need a test. Uh, can you pay for the test? Um, and of course, p- people that are in that desperate state, uh, and vulnerable, uh, unfortunately, are, do become victims of these scams. So we need to be really, really cautious. In fact, maybe Jamie could give the real website where people could go to the actual URL that well, and, and, and that's, the, thanks for that, Tony. And, and actually, that's the thing, you know, um, chances are they won't be contacting you. You would initiate the contact, whether it is on the internet or by phone, and certainly with your bank, right, Jamie? That's you want to be initiating that uh, through both the CRA's portal, the Mike, so our secure websites. The way, of course, that you know that is the government of Canada's website is all easy now. .ca. There should be one of those to show you that that is a secure website. And uh, and that's a very simple website, Canada.ca. And then whatever's after that. So that is a, a regular secure website of the government of Canada. And you shouldn't be uh, applying through any other site. Okay, uh, we've got a couple of calls here. We'll get to them. We've got Sandra in Collingwood. Hi, Sandra. Hi, how are you today? Libby? Fine, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. My question today is in some of these programs that the government is putting forth, if there's anything in there for university students who are living away from home, you know, they go to uh, school at, at some distance, um, still in Canada, but um, they usually have to keep their uh, apartments and so on for the summer. They can't let them go, or they're, I mean, a lot of them live there. Um, and just as um, you know, they don't they they're not going to be able to get jobs this summer because the bars and everything are closed. Which a lot of these kids, um, you know, that's where they get their living from, um, or other areas. Uh, well, we are so hoping it's it's not going to last through the summer. Uh, you I hope. We hope, yes. Uh, uh, Sandra, I'm going to let Jamie answer that if there's anything we know of. I know that uh, students in residence have been told to pack up and go home. Uh, Jamie, is there anything you know about in this package for university students? Uh, well, the only thing that was specifically mentioned so far for students, and, and I would think that students, if they have a part-time job that they can no longer work at, uh, may also qualify for some of the emergency care benefit as well. And again, you'd have to go online and, and see what that covers uh, when that's available in April. But 
The specific uh, thing that was aimed at students in the package yesterday was a six-month interest-free moratorium on the repayment of a Canada student loan. So again, these are not for current students, but I guess a student who has graduated, who now has to repay their student loans, uh, there's now a six-month freeze on having to repay the loans, and in fact, they will not be charging any interest on those loans during the six-month period. So that is the only official statement so far from the Government of Canada uh, for students. I have a question about the mortgage deferral from one of our colleagues. So my understanding with these always is that if you defer a mortgage payment, that payment plus the interest is going to be added on to the amortization of the mortgage, right? Generally speaking, that's right. And his question was that, first of all, are they're going to, are you going to have to prove that you cannot pay your mortgage payment in order to get the deferral? And if you don't have to prove it, he was wondering, well, is it worth deferring it even if you don't absolutely have to? Yeah, so I don't think that you're going to be having to prove that. That's going to be an impossible administrative uh, task for banks aren't going to sit there and try to judge whether someone can or can't, right? So I think it's basically uh, a way of giving people that flexibility with cash flow during a particular period of time. Uh, The question comes down to whether or not you should defer it. I think it really depends on the source of of cash flow that you need right now. So if you really need the cash flow, uh, then you're going to want to defer those payments. Uh, Otherwise, uh, generally speaking, it may also depend on the rate, uh, the rate of your mortgage. If you're getting a mortgage, your mortgage rate is below 3%, uh, that's pretty low. So in terms of the actual cost of deferring it, what other sources of income that you have uh, that you need and what, you know, could you get a higher return than, you know, the 2 or 3%? So, you know, in most cases, if you don't need the cash, you probably don't want to defer. Um, rates are, are generally low. And where can you get a secured rate? You know, that's 2 or 3% guaranteed, which is really what a, what a mortgage does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I remember back when I was a business reporter, I used to advise people, you know, get that mortgage paid off as quickly as possible, because over the long run, that's a lot of money in interest. Well, that's right. And that's also a guaranteed rate of return. So if your mortgage is at 3%, that's an after-tax rate of return. Uh, can you get a 3% guaranteed rate of return on a GIC after tax right now? No. Probably not. <laughs> okay. And 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 if you find one at that rate, Jamie, I hope you'll let us know. Let me know. Okay. Uh, let's take a call from Lynn in Mississauga. Hi, Lynn. Oh, hi, Libby. How are you this morning? Fine. We're fine. Excellent. I hope you're all keeping healthy. We are all um, keeping healthy. Thank you. My question is, I'm 60 years old and I work as a nanny. Now, you can imagine how my income is impacted by all these children that are staying home and whose parents are staying home with them. My question is, will I be eligible to apply for that emergency benefit in April? I, I would assume so, Jamie. Yeah, that, that would generally be the case. So again, I mean, we have all kinds of nannies in Canada that are paid all kinds of ways, you know. Now, I would say that if, if a nanny is being paid as an employee and the employer has been as appropriate deducting the appropriate taxes, EI and CPP, then you probably immediately can go in and claim EI uh, without even waiting for the one-week period. That can be done immediately, uh, effective this week. 
um, if you're being paid self-employment. Sorry, you can, we can only hear one person at a time. Uh, Lynn, are you paid as an employee with proper deductions and all that? No, I do all that at year end. So you're a contractor then? Correct. Correct. Jamie? So, so again, again uh, then they should qualify. So again, if you don't have the EI access, then you've got the emergency care benefits. Someone who is self-employed uh, would apply for that $900 biweekly payment for up to 15 weeks. You'd be able to go online in April uh, and apply online to the CRA My account or the Service Canada account or even using the toll-free number with an automated application process. Right, right. Okay, excellent, because that's been a big concern for me. Thank you very much for your time. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye, Lynn. Yeah, people are really, really nervous, and uh, who can blame them? Jamie, uh, we didn't touch on, we're starting to run out of time here. For a lot of retired people, the mandatory RIF withdrawal has been reduced by 25%. Now, I have to say that for us and our affiliated CARP, this has been a big issue for ages because, you know, people who don't need to make that mandatory withdrawal don't want to because then you have to pay taxes. And in this case, you would be locking in some massive losses over the last, you know, if, if they stick. Right, and we're very happy with this measure. You know, could they have gone further? Maybe. We'll see what happens. But right now, the ability to basically reduce the annual minimum amount by 25% is advantageous if you don't need to withdraw the money um, to live on. The one thing we haven't seen yet is an announcement as to whether the government would allow people who've already taken out the minimum for 2020 to recontribute the extra 25% back. That's something they did back in 2015. So we're, we're waiting on that to, to see if an announcement is, is coming forward on that opportunity as well. Okay, let me give the rates if it's going to help people. So generally, the, the rate at 71, you have to start collapsing your RSP, and that rate is normally 5.28% for the first year there, and that's going to drop to 3.96%. Of, of your nest egg, correct? That's right. And that, of course, changes every year. So anyone who wants to see the rates, it's very easy. If you just Google RIF minimum rates, you'll see the current rates. You just multiply that by three quarters, and that will be the amount that uh, you are required to withdraw in 2020. You certainly can take out more, but that would be the minimum required amount. Okay. We're basically out of time here. So, Jamie, uh, first of all, I hope that we can call on you again as some of the rules for this become clearer. But what would you like to leave us with on this? Uh, I'd like to leave you with the fact that people should, uh, you know, just obviously stay healthy, uh, certainly stay home to the extent possible. Uh, in terms of the financial measures the government has been putting into place, a variety of measures. They were just introduced yesterday. There'll be lots more information coming out. Use the government websites, the secure websites only, to get your information so that you're not misled by anybody else. Okay. And Tony Anscombe, what would you like to leave us with? Well, echoing, let's say we all need to stay healthy, and uh, I hope we do. But you know, as Jamie just said, go, go directly to the website. Actually, don't click links on emails uh, and don't fall for any scams. Nobody has face masks, hand sanitizer, or toilet rolls to sell you online. You know, so... Make sure you don't don't succumb to those cyber criminals. 
Okay. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your insight. Tony Anscombe from ESET and Jamie Gollumbeck from CIBC. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.